You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, hello, friends. It's the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you're going to find Doug Norrie, owner-operator of DFSR. Got all your daily fantasy sports rankings. DraftKings, FanDuel, he's got you covered. I'm Adam Arbeck, breaking down the New York football giants on the One Giant Podcast with my boy, Andy Mack. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day, free on all those great platforms, and let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Doug, we start in that sweet, sweet nectar that is the NBA trade zone. Oh, man. What a time to be alive. The trade, I know if you're an NBA fan, it doesn't get any better, and I'll make a point about this later, about like how NBA fans feel about the trade deadline. But, uh, yeah, this is one. We've had a couple years since the Nets have really been in the thick of it. I mean, this one, frankly, is an all-timer just on the rumor level scale just because of what it can mean for two sort of championship-caliber teams, uh, which is totally unprecedented. Two teams that are in the same conference, totally unprecedented. Two superstars that have really weird stuff going on around them, totally unprecedented. I, this is like, well, whether the trade happens or not, I mean, if it doesn't happen, we'll probably not think about it all that much, but... Even so, like just the fact that we're here with this situation with James mm. Harden and Ben Simmons is like historically, it's never happened before. T- teams like this do not discuss trades. Teams like this do definitely do not st- discuss trades around superstars, wherever you want to put Ben Simmons, and or maybe even Harden, depending on what you think of him at this point. <laughs> but like it just never happened. So that we're on our oh man, this started a Friday hour, you know, 140 of this, <laughs> and it's right still in the sweet spot. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gearing up, and I could go 140 more, friend. Hell yeah, I could go 140 more. <laughs> just, I'm just like you think I've you I might have stamina around parenting or like reading to my kids or you know you know cooking meals or doing that stuff. F but, that crap. But refreshing Twitter during trade season. Oh, oh yeah, this guy does not get tired. No, so like it was, it was. This is just where we are. We'll talk about where we are with Harden. I think there's some nuggets that you can take from today. With the idea that by the time we post this, maybe it's all you know done. Who knows? But in general, it's just so funny about where we stand with this situation. And I totally get it because this historically, even this conversation, whether trade that happens or not, even this conversation has never happened before, and frankly, is unlikely to ever happen again. No, a hundred percent. And you mentioned some of those the key bullet points, especially being two teams that are in the same conference both thinking they can compete for a title this season, talking about giving each other what would feel like key components to help strengthen their run for a championship. Like it's a relative, it's almost never something that you hear teams engage in. But the weird thing is today, unlike yesterday when we, it felt like there was this real bubble up of information or speculation around it today felt more like there's some other details around specifically the, the pieces of this package that we'll get into in a little bit, but this didn't have nearly as much movement. Yesterday, I talked about how there were two maybe conflicting sports media entities giving different messages. Today was two personalities, both inside of ESPN, offering conflicting takes on what was going on between, uh, you know, Windhorst and, of course, Warzanowski, which that I found interesting. I know you're going to give the details of it, but I find it surprising 
that there isn't at least this thread that a network is traveling on, and then you're batting around the different sides of it. These were two distinctly different takes on whether or not this is possibly happening or zero chance of it occurring. Okay, so the the path a network travels on is ratings. Like, I don't, they do not care sure. if like the, if the sides agree on the information. They care about. I know, I know, you're not saying guys that but, are reporting on it, right? I'm guys that you. are reporting information as opposed to debating speculation, right? Yeah, like when Brian Windhorst and Adrian Wojnarowski aren't sitting on the camera arguing with each other about whether they're having a deal or not. Like right. one's not saying they're talking, and the other one's saying no, they're not. You know, like they're just reporting <laughs> the facts. Now as they I'm know. saying the words at you. <laughs> it's my turn to talk. Um, and so I, yeah, no. Um, and I know you weren't implying that, but the, you know, the, they're reporting the truth as they see it from their sources. So I, I right. totally get it. Brian Windhorst, just to sum it up very briefly, um, intimated earlier in the day that the, they were entering something like he called the deal zone, whatever the hell that Ooh. means. And I mean, that would imply like that things. I mean, when you say that, you imply that things are getting very close. Right. And then Woj comes on later and basically says that he's heard. I'm paraphrasing here. He's heard that. Nothing's happening and in a meaningful way, but like, and then he kind of hedged the very end to say something like, but you never know what could happen in the last 24 (laughs) hours. This is what all these things smartly. This is what all they do to save credibility just in case, but like, but make sure you follow me on Twitter because I will be updating this throughout the next 24 hours. I will say, I know these guys are all built on credibility and that's why they have huge followings. This is why I tend to think that they're just fine reporting what they think is true because I don't think the fault, like the, the integrity is not going if you were to miss on one of these, it might be a sort of bad look, and he's not going to go from you know two million Twitter followers to ten <laughs> overnight well, because you got the, the hard right? trade wrong. You you come back and say, well, here's why it broke down, right? Here's why it fell apart. It was all yeah. there. It was all about to happen, and or the other way, the, or the other way, right. nothing was happening in the eleventh hour. They came in and overwhelmed them, or whatever. Right. You know, like this is why. So anyway, the, to, let's just sum the hardened piece up. After Wednesday, after a flurry of stuff that happens on the sort of hardened front news-wise, and trades, because here's the other thing, what also sort of uh, greases the wheel or primes the pump here on this stuff is that two other major trades did happen, like Tyrese Halliburton for Demont Sabonis, uh, and then I'll put the C.J. McCollum moving on from Portland over to New Orleans as another sort of major kind of thing. So when those things happen, your brain starts being like, trade, 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 and then you get a little bit of um, news around it, and you start to think it's imminent. Wednesday was definitely the, um, you know, the little bit of a hangover day when it came to that. Not much else happened. So I would say with Harden right now, my opinion is unchanged. It seems like your opinion is probably unchanged around, would you say that? I mean, you said you still think he's traded. I still stood in the camp of he's not. Let's do it this yeah. way. Did, did, did anything that today happened? Nothing today ha- swayed me from that point of view, but I don't know if it swayed you. <laughs> well, no, this is, and this is the perfect scenario of when you have these people reporting different things, and if you want to live inside of the Twitterverse, which has a lot of great sports coverage, obviously, and conversations, good and bad, but you, you, there's no reason... I think from today, in le- I don't know, maybe you give the credibility, obviously, to Woj, and you say, I'm going to listen to what he's saying and think, ah, all right, however close they've got at this in this process, it's going to fall apart here, whereas all of the buildup from yesterday just makes me think the quiet before the storm is what we're seeing today. It, it always, I will say this, it, you love it, don't you? Well, I have a it, comment I, I, about I, I, that. I have a comment about this, but keep going, because I'm with you. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not digging on you here, but it's, just, it's funny, it's a general overall idea. 
Well, and I, so what I will say, generally in sports, there does sometimes tend to be a real silent period before the deal finally gets done, right? It's like, what's it going to be? It could be parts and pieces and picks and assets and everything else, and then it all shuts down because there's no more rumors or little drips and drabs coming out while they're actually ironing out the real details. And maybe we're like, we're probably like 12 hours too soon. You know, you got to be down to like the real last couple of hours when you hammer it out. So maybe they're premature on that, but but that's... I take everything that reaffirms my thinking on it while being definitely willing to be swayed away from it. Whereas, to your point, you didn't think it was going to happen. Nothing's come out to convince you otherwise. Why would you all of a sudden pivot? Good news. We just described every single sports fan because this is all anybody does. Anybody does. Everything everyone does around the situation is use whatever morsel of information they get (laughs) to affirm or or just affirm or even reaffirm the thought they already had. This is how we take in almost all media at this point. Um, It is like I have my idea. My heels are dug all the way in. And now (laughs) and now and like um, you could say anything. And I will just spin it into, and I think some people are better than others. I think you and I like tend to look at these situations and say, okay, this is going to, this will sway me. Like, I think both of us are, we could be swayed because that's what you should do around having logic and reason. But I think today was a reaffirmation for me that most people just look at this situation as whatever you think or want to have happen, you will read these nothing reports, which was most Mm -hmm. of them were basically nothings and say, told you right like here, yep. here it comes or no it doesn't right and that's and that's kind of where we landed with the Harden situation today the other thing that I think happened today uh even more so over the last than over the last couple of days is if you were in camp this is all on Harden he's the problem he's trying to force his way out like he did in Houston all those narratives boy has it gotten ugly in in, in the spectrum of lack of information confirming what's happening everyone yep. that was against Harden is even further more leaning into that yes. everyone who thinks that Ben Simmons can you know be the piece that you plug in and you continue for a championship like that part of it which is something that you and I don't engage in where it's like I'm not into the person I'm not into the personal piece of this like there's a lot of business mechanics that go to a part of it I can I can reasonably understand what every player and organization is trying to accomplish here but some of the negative chatter certainly got dialed up to a threshold where I was like okay okay Twitter I, I see you. I'm not I'm not, I'm not going to volley that back, but good for you. All right. We'll talk we'll talk a little bit more about like just a couple of potential trade packages they may be talking about right now. Uh, first, got to talk to you about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online actually had an interesting tweet earlier today where they they had put up a tweet that said, "Will James Harden be traded before the deadline?" And they had yes plus three hundred, so um, you know, unlikely to happen. No minus five hundred, and then. Later, they said they retweeted uh, BetOnline did that said the yes part of it a plus three hundred was getting so quoted by them hammered so hard that they had to take the odds down. So I don't know. <laughs> you know well, I guess my overall point is go over to BetOnline because sometimes the pulse of these things can be uh, come through and to be where like you know put your money where your mouth is on this kind of thing. BetOnline definitely had that stuff up on Harden today, and you can go over to BetOnline to see all the props, odds, and lines that they have over there. Is football getting toward the big game? Obviously, NBA going through the trade deadline, the all-star break, and then ramping up into the playoffs. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Not just football, not just basketball. They have up-to-the-minute pro uh, info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, uh, along with live real-time updates of current games. Kind of a one-stop shop, all things considered. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for this 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. And, of course, you made the Locked on Nets podcast your first listen. 
today, right now, as you're hearing this, it is trade deadline day. And that means the second listen has to be the Locked On NBA podcast because they'll be covering the trade deadline live from 2 to 4 p.m. You got Kim Becker, John Carolus, and Locked On Fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd giving you all that expert analysis. You could even get some of the local hosts coming up there if a blockbuster deal goes down. Doug Norrie could be there. You could be looking at his bright, beautiful face, potentially. You're going to want to subscribe over on YouTube and get those notifications turned on so you don't miss out on any of the action. The last piece before we get into this package component of, of what potentially could come back or forth is, and, and this was your to your point, but I'll give you the lead-in of, you had mentioned, we were talking before we started about Shams reporting nothing today. Now again... Not, and by the way, I don't mean nothing about this situation. I mean nothing at all. Like he hadn't tweeted at all about anything in the NBA for 24 hours. Um, so, which, yeah, go ahead. On the one hand, Shams fell down a well, and we got to go find this guy. The oh, other side of it could be, <laughs> help, um, <laughs> send a sandwich down. Um, the other, drop me a microphone. I have a report. No, I apologize. Uh, the other part of it, though, I, again, on either side of the narrative, is that you'd say, right, and he's waiting to come out with a concrete take. He's not going to give you snippets or sniffs or whatever. And it could this could go either way. It falls through or it goes through. But Shams is going to come out with all the concrete information because we know that he's tapped in pretty close to the situation. All this to say, your thought around what the NBA has accomplished when it comes to the media craze, when it comes to building up these narratives and, and getting people to buy into it, arguably around this trade deadline, this might be the one thing that the NBA does hands down, shoulders above the NFL, the king of all sports landscapes, but their trade trade deadline can be basically a nothing burger. NBA every single year is ratcheted up around this 3 p.m. deadline. I'll put it this way. I think the NBA has owned the media cycle heading into the Super Bowl, uh, the big game. I yeah. Don't to say so. Like, this is the, the, the Super the bang- Game. Yeah, the Super Game. I'm never sure if you can say it or not. Um, you know, the game... The Bengals and Rams goes off this Sunday. Uh, maybe it's just my feeds and like how I ingest news, but this has kind of owned the landscape here. Or and even if it hasn't owned, it's cut into it. And yes, and I think at the NBA at this point, and this has been an ongoing thing, is that at this point, I guarantee more people spend time in like Twitter Spaces and like just read news then we'll actually maybe even watch the games <laughs> on Wednesday yep. night. That's probably an overstatement, but it's more to it's and I mean it's almost definitely an overstatement, but like it's more to make the point that good on the NBA for having the off the off court stuff be as important to fans as sometimes the on-court stuff is. And whether you want to take a dig at the sport for saying, well, you know, it should just be about the game and that kind of makes it about something else. I, I mean, sure, but in the end Interest is what drives all, and when you have this much interest around player movement, what your team is going to do, like you are interested in your team. You want to see what your favorite player is going to do, where they're going to land, what is your favorite team going to do. It's all encapsulating, and when it comes to sort of NBA writ large, that is the very best thing that can happen to them, and I think this week is just another example of that. It's like, you. it just means you are fully invested in your team or your player, because I think we've seen at this point there's both now there's people that follow yep. players as much as teams which I, which is fine I, I think that's good in some ways honestly and um and so it's just really interesting to see how the NBA sort of controlled a lot of these news cycles even up against what should be a news cycle that they should be definitely losing at this definite time of year leading to the end of the NFL season and they're just they're they're not at all like they're still very much part of the narrative 
Listen, people watch The Bachelor. Uh, they love Intercourse Island. All of these shows are about human emotion. Is that second thing it's, real? It, 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 there's an island, and they do televise it, and it's it's all about, but I don't think it's called, it may be something different. It's probably called Intimacy <laughs> Island or okay, Emotional Connection Island, but nevertheless, everybody <laughs> knows they're not all they're not all incredibly fit wearing bikinis for no reason. The bottom line is, um, I, I think it also, the NBA has caught this up cycle as the NFL and Super Bowl, big game, whatever has has gone the other way where that entire week of interviews and everything has become kind of this lame duck stuff where everyone's peddling their products and that's not nearly as entertaining or interesting as narratives that really move the needle on what's happening in a given sport uh th- that being the case and real quick um, real quick about that yeah. too like and i will say as for just to bring it back real quickly to the nets like it is exciting I'll I'll be fine with whatever happens here. Harden Simmons, I I've talked myself into both scenarios, so I think I've I've emotionally hedged against both things at this point when it comes to the Nets. Yeah, I'm a little... I still think it's well. This is how you live life, folks. Just play yeah. it right down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> not showing off, not falling behind. Right in the meaty part of the curve. <laughs> Just head down, right down the middle. We'll see you on the other side. I know I'll be fine. Like the um, but this. This situation, as from a Nets perspective, I still find I do find it fun. Like I, I, this wasn't a dig on the NBA. I'm praising the NBA for this. Yeah. I think this stuff is fun. It's fun to think about this. It's fun to kind of argue. It's fun to make fun of this stuff. Like it's fun to be part of the conversation, and it's fun. And it's funny because it happens a lot more when your team's either really good or stinks. And like, because it's when you stink, you're just trying to see what like you can get off. Like if you can, are you going to tank? Who are you going to sell off? Who's, who can we, you know, take over in a deal. And when you're good, it's like where the nets are. Oh, like how can we bolster ourselves for the championship? And I do like sitting around thinking about that. So that's where I just, I'm happy to be, I'm happy to be part of the cycle here. Let's start to tap into this. We'll flesh over, probably roll into the back end of the, of the show here in, in the final segment. But uh, when we do talk about this hardened potential, I think it's at least worth examining the information that we we have kind of quantified who would be involved in this. Yeah. It's one guy for Brooklyn, James Harden. And on the other side of it, it's this idea of, yes, it's Ben Simmons. And then everything started to come out. Seth Curry was obviously immediately mentioned. He has the, the money there that I think helps as far as bringing back Harden. You also talk about him being a perimeter shooter. The other two guys were Thibel and then Maxi. And all indications were Maxi is this untouchable component for Philadelphia. They don't want to give him up. Thibel would maybe be a little bit of a push or a pull. And then there's some talk around there could be picks or assets. Maybe a, maybe one first-round pick, maybe two. Is, the, is there an ideal version of this for you? Like, just when you look at those those handful of players, do you think if you could only get Ben Simmons and one other player and maybe a pick or two players, no picks, do you look at it and go, oh, then it definitely would be Simmons, Curry, and a pick. I don't care about Thibel. I don't care about Maxi, et cetera. I just, the only thing, I, okay, I'm going to answer that, but I want to I want to say this one thing is that. He's going to hedge his bets. No, it's not a hedge. It's just because I'm gonna. My answer is gonna end up being two different things, but it but it's based on one one thing. Mm-hmm. I would have to have had some kind of conversation with Harden to know a like just understand fully how hurt he is right now, and b like how interested like if we had a chance to resign him in the off season, right? And that doesn't need a promise. Yeah. That could be like, hey, yeah, we win the championship. I'm all I'm coming back. Something like that. Okay, so I'm gonna work from I'm gonna work from the second piece where he's healthy and there's like some chance we resign him. Cause I, you have, okay. I just need to couch it in like one thing. If that's the case, I think it'd be devastating to lose Harden. And I, so that, that that's what I would say it. Now, if I, if Eve, if even one of those two things is not for sure, mm-hmm. then I could start with something like Simmons and Curry and 
hope to make it work with like one more d- good defender, knowing that I'm going to get Durant back, who's a good defender, and I have Kyrie, who's a great on-ball guy, and still right. feel like I'm I can win the championship. So does that make sense? Like I, I want to like I, I it, there's there are a few mitigating factors here that make that answer a little harder than just like this guy for this guy because like, Harden hasn't played in many days now. Like and yeah. like we just don't know. So I think that package. If one of those two things I said about Harden was unclear, I would probably be okay with the Simmons-Curry thing, knowing I was getting talent side, the worst side of the deal, for sure. And I might just need to do it organizationally because it's devastating if the other thing happens. And so I think I could feel okay with it. That feels pretty good. Why don't we go ahead and do this? It's what they call a little bit of a tease, gentlemen. We'll come back on the other side, and I'll tell you what the right answer is to that question that I posed. But first, we're going to let you know about our friends over at Rock Auto. We talked about it before. RockAuto.com has all the car parts that you're going to need for your car or truck. We said it. You go into your local auto parts store. You ask them about something you need, a sprocket, a rocket, whatever it may be. They walk into the back, knock off the dust from a box, hand it to you. Okay. And they also charge you an insane amount of money. You could spend $353 on a fuel pump for a Honda Odyssey or 216 on RockAuto.com. All I know for sure is it costs a lot less. I can go on there, look up my car, look up the part, year, make, model, boom, done and out the door. And it gets delivered right to my house, by the way, which we all enjoy that convenience as well. You can go over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Rock Auto is amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. The, I think, and I the, it's a poor tease in the sense that I'm going to come back from it and not really have a true conviction Never. on this. I, <laughs> but by the way, Doug Norris taught me, always hedge your bets. <laughs> the one thing that I think is interesting when people talk about, so say Maxi, who's like this untouchable piece from Philadelphia's side, that's all the reports. I get that. And if you're, if you're the Nets, you look at him and say, well, I'd really like to push for him because he represents a short-term and long-term piece that could be very complimentary on this roster going forward. The other guys, I think Seth Curry, obviously the three-point shooting. You throw in Thibel, he's a defender. I, in my mind, I, I might not hate the idea of going, give me Simmons, give me Curry, and then let's talk about a pick or two, whether they're you know first-rounders or one first-round, one second-rounder. Not because I want to refill the chest for later on, but because around this deadline, I can then turn around and throw a pick into a package to maybe get back another piece that improves this team. And if you think about all the guys that are on here, short of the Nets sending back some bodies in this deal, you look over this roster and say, if I had just Ben Simmons and Seth Curry, then I look around, I I still like what I'm getting from Kessler-Edwards on the wing and defensively. I obviously know I have other guys that like Bembry that slot back into a more ideal role. I might want to go use some assets to get another shooter just to be a little bit overstocked in that aspect of my roster. And and at the end of the day, I think any package is a good package if if you think the writing is on the wall with James Harden. And I don't mean that they said, we'll give you Simmons for Harden, thanks so much. No, that's not good enough. And that's, again, why I look at it and think this deal maybe is happening or whatever the closest version of it to happening. That's what they're working out is both sides are saying, well, yeah, Harden's going to leave. Why would, why would we give up anything extra? You guys can't use Simmons. How do you think you're going to win a championship, right? They're both accusing each other of not being well-built to win right now while trying to devalue the desired assets that they want back in return. So it does make for a little bit of comedy. I wish to be a fly on the wall of the proverbial deal zone. Well, it'd be great. Yeah, it'd be great to hear how they're explaining how the other side has just screwed this up because they both have legitimate <laughs> cases. Like they both, they both have, they both have legitimate cases to go to the other side and say, "Your guy doesn't even play for you." 
So what do you want? Like, what are we going to do? Like buy him at his, like, you know, whatever the lowest version of his value was. And then he can say, well, all your guys are hurt and you lost nine straight and you're flirting with the playing game or worse right now. And like, you need somebody. So it is really funny because you can neg both sides can neg each other. I mean, from now to eternity and they don't, they both have legitimate cases for, for why the other, for like why the other thing needs this to happen so bad. And I, I said I said over on Twitter earlier today that like all the other teams at the top of the Eastern Conference, they must be having the chuckle of the century because it, by, by all accounts, even though Philadelphia oh, yeah. is having a really good season and Bede's having a great season, they're still not considered amongst the the Milwaukee Bucks, the Heat. You know, maybe Chicago is is a you know to be seen here, but there's other teams ahead of them in the hierarchy of who's in position to win a title. The Brooklyn Nets, they're spiraling here. Things are going in all the wrong directions for them. It's interesting that these are the two teams that are like maybe it's going bad for both of us, and this shakeup could send us in the right direction. It it does also then we'll close out on this. Bring me to this idea. We've seen a lot of iterations of what's you know labeled as the big three. Going back to Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen in Boston, Miami with LeBron and you know and and Bosch and and D Wade, there are all these different iterations and all of them have varying degrees of success. Do you think that there that there is a deeper examination to be had by certain teams? And regardless of the circumstance, right now we're going back to when the Nets pursued and made the trade for Harden, where you need to do a very difficult calculation of what is the investment of money and assets that we're giving up here versus how much depth and talent could we have behind Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, right? Not knowing the crystal ball of what was going to unfold afterwards. There, there's there's kind of this, I don't know, maybe a 50-50 split where it either works out or it maybe tanks you. And there's multiple teams that are, I think are experiencing that right now in the NBA. Yeah, it just matters who they are. Like, it just matters who those three guys are. And uh, going back to the Harden trade, even knowing how it's happened here, if you Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Torian Prince, and some picks for Jer- James Harden, you do it 110 times out of 100. Like I like, there's just no because that is a star at that point that is like is a, a like is a fine complimentary piece to the big three. The three. This is where like this arbitrary ish. No, it's not even arbitrary. It's like this hard number of a big three, and then slotting different people into who that third, like who is a superstar or not, and their fit. This is where this conversation gets mangled because. And then people are like this, you know, go look at the Lakers and people will say, this is why you don't do the big three. Well, you don't do the big three if you're paying 40 Russell Westbrook $45 million a year. Like that big three doesn't work. Like someone could add John Wall's $45 million contract right now. Does that make them a big three? No. <laughs> right? Like it doesn't. It's, this is what I mean about the big three. Like they co-opted this big three to mean like sort of marketing for the person you added. So I don't think you need three superstars or three I guess in this sense, we're talking about three highly paid players or something like that to win the championship. It's better if you have guys at the upper end of the pay scale who are worth the money. That's where it ends up being the the, the correct yeah. thing. It's like, hey, did Chris Middleton, uh, Drew Holiday, and yeah, Giannis fulfill their contract, like overplay their contracts last year? Yeah, all three of them did. And, and then like Brooke Lopez or whatever. But it's better to have three really, really good players and you definitely need at least like one top five guy or mm-hmm. more. Like you need, like you need, one of those guys has to be top five. You would like for two of them to be top 10 and the third can just kind of be somewhere else. Like you're not going to win with three. You're not going to win with three guys who are all in the top 20, but none are in the top five. I don't think. Does that make right. sense? Like, I think at like that yeah. point, like at that point, it's just not going to work, but I'm all for the big three. 
I'm still for this big three, Harden, KD, and Kyrie. I'm I'm here for this big three if they're all healthy. It's just like that they just can't get them all on the court. And that seems the, the big piece of it is like you said, fit and this decision making process. So like the Lakers as the example, hey, you there's no reason why you should have done what you did bringing in Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson because why he's a football player. It doesn't even add up. His <laughs> second sport is baseball. But even Russell Westbrook's going to be amazing, a problem for you too. Amazing save right there. That was uh, I just swing, yeah, I, <laughs> swing it back around. I but but. When you do that, it's like you shouldn't have made that trade. It objectively was a bad decision, and yeah. and that feels like a franchise that, that that looks a little bit more desperate. Now you can go back and look at what the Nets did and say, remember this is a this is in the middle of Kyrie Irving taking some time away, and they're thinking about hedging their bets against what could be a potential building problem there. So they bring in James Harden, and it makes it stronger, it makes it better. By the way, I mentioned Paul Pierce and and Kevin Garnett earlier. I left out the part where they were brought into the Brooklyn Nets as well as a part of this triumvirate, and again a mistake in certain players at certain points of their career you got to know what's working or not working you got to know if these guys still have it in the tank and while I think all three of the current Brooklyn Nets are still at the top of their game this again goes back to and we'll see how it plays out tomorrow this idea of while it may have been worth it for two years now in this moment I think the Nets have to take that hard look at what it would mean to have James Harden for the next four years potentially and that's maybe the difference here you just made me think of something. And actually, right. um, like, because that's actually the big thing. It's not so much the big three and where they land in terms of talent. It's where they land in, t- it's the, the, actually, another piece of equation. Where they land in talent and where they land in money. Like, yep. because Russell, I'll tell you right now, Russell Westbrook at 30, even 30 million would be a better would be a better situation for the Lakers than where he is now. Or Russell Westbrook at yes. 25 million. The money also matters here because your third best player actually can be a quasi star and if they're on like a rookie contract then you're actually in really great shape because you have yes. so much more that you can spend for the rest of your lineup it's that when it's it's that when you have so much top heavy money you you have you can nothing can go wrong nothing can go wrong when you have three guys that are in the salary spheres like or the salary tiers that these are the Nets three guys are or the Lakers three guys are they all have to be good or else you are screwed because you don't have anything else behind them. And so that money piece actually figures out that money piece is actually almost just as important about where you land in terms of talent, because it gives you the chance to make up for it. If something goes wrong, neither of these teams have any room to spare now. Like they, right. It's either this works or it doesn't. Yeah. Lower price point for any of these guys. Now you can elevate who the backup is. What's the secondary piece you bring in to make sure that you always have the value there. Bottom line is I think we solved it all, and uh, you can go ahead and close the book on the whole trade deadline. Don't even bother checking in at 3 p.m. It's probably fine. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. Whatever happens. Like, whatever happens, like I said, for me, I'm fine. <laughs> well, you, know, you know what the bottom line is? Guess what, friends? No matter what does happen, we'll still be doing the podcast. We'll come right back oh. in. <laughs> With fire takes either side. I'll just come in I'll just come in and say that's what, whatever happens. We'll just one of us will come and say that's what we wanted to happen. Actually, we covered right. ourselves because we, we kind of did that. Okay, we're all good. Uh, all right, with that in mind, go subscribe to YouTube. I, I said at the beginning of the week, and I still firmly believe it, we're going to hit 1,000 YouTube subscribers this week. So make sure you are the 1,000th subscriber. That'll just be like good luck for you, probably for like the rest of your life. If you're not, I feel like it's bad luck. So um, go and subscribe, like and subscribe over on the Locked On Nets YouTube channel.
And one of the things we talked about, maybe a little bonus, I think when we hit 1,000 subscribers, maybe we'll take a little bit of a pool, and you could be the new intro voice. We've had our boy Bones handling the Ooh. Brooklyn chant at the start. You can be the new voice as we come out of the All-Star break. I think that'll be a nice little feather in the cap, and everyone will be involved. So if you were the first subscriber or the 1,000 subscriber, everybody ah, gets an equal shot. There we go. I was like, how are we going to prove that? Okay, yeah, no, that's better. <laughs> no, everyone's involved. <laughs> I'll tell you who was there when we did it. At the end of the day, friends, it's a bit of a muck and a mire here. There's a lot of rumors swirling around, but here's the deal you got to get in there you got to mix it up why because i don't sink i get in there and just bob around like a cauliflower frank reynolds oh one of the all-time great poets the gang gets traded we'll be back again tomorrow talking more brooklyn nets basketball